So welcome back to another episode of Money Beyond Borders. This episode, we're going to discuss time value. It's a great segue from the de-risking framework that we discussed last time, because the two major influences in our decision-making process across personal finance and relationships and life decisions is balancing risk with time. I know we talk about time is money, but the key here is understanding really what does that mean? Why do we value our time? Why is that something we're making an episode on today? Time is the one thing you can't buy more of. It is finite resource that nobody can produce more of. You're born and you've got a set amount of time. Most of us don't know how much time we have left. On the scale of a lifetime, there's only so much one can do. And the meaning that we want to have in our lives, the legacy we want to leave behind is all related to our core values that we have and we preach and we talk about and we share we have to invest time in those values. This extends beyond the investment portfolio because there's going to be hard times in life. There's going to be easier times than others. When you stick to your core values and you introspect and you reflect on what matters to you with the finite amount of time you have, you're able to actually get a lot more done in your lifetime than you could imagine. That's an effect that you can experience by doing it. Tons of episodes we can tell you, hey, if you track your time and you measure where your value system is being spent, you're going to have this experience of feeling like it's a world of abundance as opposed to running after the kids. You know, oh, I got to pick up the kids at you know soccer practice. Oh my goodness, I, I left the stove on. Or Those are times that will happen. You'll have spikes where you're feeling like you don't have enough time. But by coming back to your core values and understanding why you manage your time and you track your time, it becomes a liberating experience. And it's just like a money budget. A time budget gives you superpowers. It gives you the ability to spend time on the things that matter to you most so that you don't regret not doing the things that you had on your bucket list. You don't regret not spending more time with your family or friends. You don't wake up one day and say, golly, 10 years went by. Where'd they go? You will know. You will feel the time that has passed because you will have been in control of that time. Ultimately, we want to be an active participant in our own life and in the lives of those that are close to us. There is sort of a matrix that someone can develop on their own or apply hours to your life. These things are important to me. Or these people are important to me. How do I best be an active participant in my own life and in the lives of others? Work, a vocation you have outside of work, where you're an active participant every single day. And I don't want to put the horse before the carriage here, but I think it's important to highlight the concept of being an active participant, waking up 10 years later and not knowing what happened with time happens with people who find that they were not an active participant. I just wanted to add that briefly as we get into the meat and potatoes here. And a wholesome meal at that. I actually had a phone call with someone I had not spoken to in 10 years. And I just reached out. It's amazing how little can happen in 10 years. I can recollect where the 10 years have gone. And if you don't track your time, there can be self-loathing. Hold yourself accountable. You're allowed to make mistakes with your time. What you're not allowed to make mistakes with is your values. And how do you translate those values into a life that is fulfilling for you? Aligning your values with your time is the ultimate goal. Personal finance, we've got a relationship graph. It's basically a bubble graph. And it's a fairly egocentric graph. You start with yourself. And why is that? Oh, it's selfish. No, you are born into this world alone and you die out of this world alone. 
And all that time between, you're in fact alone. And the things that draw meaning to you start from within, whether that's spiritual, whether that's personal development, advancing your career. The rapport you build with yourself ultimately determines how everything else in your life plays. It's a mindset that starts with your core values. And core means internal to you. Whip out a whiteboard and start thinking about the five to 10 things that matter to you and that you want to have done. I'm not talking bucket list items here. I'm talking about day in and day out, things that you can actually commit to that you would feel good about and see visible progress on. The things that I do not want to compromise, whether it's family getting in the way, whether it's my job, whether it's any other number of excuses. I was in the process of doing a refinance on my home, totally side swiped us. And Brad here was good sport about it and patient. But we put pause on our podcast because something blindsided me. It surfaced to the top of my values and my priorities at the time, but I didn't lose sight of my core values. Even today, hey, I abused our collective time by running a few minutes over when we were supposed to start having this conversation. There are things that are unexpected that happen to you. The overlay between the priorities and your time is critical for this exact reason. We are going to do this podcast. If there is a little hiccup, Nick's schedule or my schedule, we will make time with a schedule that we agree to. Brad and I are both both hypercritical with ourselves. Mercy, please practice mercy towards yourself because you will make mistakes. That is part of the game. It's inescapable. A colleague of mine who's starting a company, we don't always see eye to eye on this from banging my head and going through cycles of burnout. At some point you keep hitting rock bottom and you're like, am I learning from this? Am I getting anywhere? I'm putting in the hours, I'm putting in the time and the effort, but where am I getting? I beat myself down and that doesn't help. I was doing a little research and those who started large corporations, they did not start at ground zero. Garage startup of my parents' multimillion dollar home. You have to build up to where you can help yourself before you can effectively help others on the scale you want to help them. And if you keep beating yourself up because you're missing timelines, eating yourself up with guilt about not spending time where you want to be spending your time, you're not going to get very far. This graph, I've done a snapshot of me, my life, just as an example. You can see kind of my priorities in my life. And you see my spouse, her bubble is pretty close to mine. And what she values in her life, what her core values are, there's a lot of overlap, but there's outliers that are outside of my bubble. And that's totally normal. She's her own person with her own set of goals and ambitions. That is not a disadvantage. Your list of core values will change with time, but you need to be the one that allows that change. You can't just wake up and like, oh, I've been spending my whole life doing X or Y and Z. And you know, I didn't have really control over your life. You absolutely do have control over what you spend your time on. And that's why picking a spouse is so critical to you being fulfilled because your core values will be affected by the spouse you choose. When you have kids, they're going to become an equally important part of your life because if mom and dad are not in tune, the children will suffer. That's why in this diagram, I thought critically about my value system and where my time is going to be spent. And I'm going to spend less time with my kids than my spouse. I say that today, that could change. But today, that is a conscious effort that I'm going to try to do as a father and a husband. My parents, it's still in the back of my mind, but no longer in the forefront of my mind. I got two big giant bubbles here that are taking most of my time. I want my value system to be spent on them. Siblings trailing off. And then we got our friends. Bradley is a very close friend of mine. And we're doing this podcast together, but you can see this bubble is getting smaller. I'm spending less time with friends. And that is a fact. As I've been getting older and as we all progress in life, we lose sight of friends, even good friends. And that is a byproduct of moving and growing. It's not something to feel guilty about. It's something to fight for. When you're young and you're all doing the same things, right? You have the same interests and everything. It's, it's very easy when you have similar overlapping activities and everything's happy 
go lucky. But when life gets tough and you start sharing different opinions and growing apart, a normal process, it's something you have to adapt to. If your value system doesn't take into account these natural changes in your value system, you're going to find yourself spending time where you don't want to be spending your time. And it's very easy to find yourself at midnight watching SNL or one o'clock before you've got this big meeting in the morning and you're just conflicting uses of your time because your value system, you kind of let go of it, right? You kind of put it on pause. Next year's New Year's resolution, I'll take a look. No, this is your time. So ignore this graph at your own peril because time is not waiting for you to take control of it. So transitioning here, now that we've spoken about core values, we've fully defined where we want to spend our time, but we don't necessarily understand how to actually measure that value and how much time we're spending. We'd like to discuss Occam's razor. Simple is better. Do not add complexity to a system unless there's absolutely a need to have that added complexity. Why do we care to be efficient with our time? Why do we care to track our time? It's the only way we have a, a fighting chance to spend time where we want to spend it. If you don't measure your time, you're gonna end up spending time doing things you don't want to be spending time doing. I'm empowering everyone right now, you are going to offend a shitload of people. And that's okay. Because the only person you can't offend is yourself. And what keeps you from having a good night's rest? If people are offended by your actions, by where you have chosen to take control of your time, you need to start reevaluating that relationship. Think about the consequences of not being wholesome. The you bubble that we've been talking about here, life is difficult. Whether it's an internal force, an external force, whatever's going on in your life, if you can't get to that homeostasis, you can't get to that point with yourself, it's going to impact all the other relationships. It's going to impact all of the other bubbles that surround the you bubble. People who find fulfillment in life, they spend a lot of time with themselves, introspecting, reflecting on their actions, on where they've been spending their time, and the lessons learned from that time spent in the activities that they are spending their time in. And it's not waiting for a performance review. It's not waiting for quarterly reports to come out. This is something you can practice on your own, and I encourage you. It's a form of prayer and meditation. Time with yourself, reflecting on where you're spending your time, is an infinite return in the moments where you are silent with yourself, you make the most progress. It's like when you're sleeping, your brain actually flushes out all the toxins from the day, all the activity, all the getting through the day and surviving and being where you need to be at what time and following your system of tracking your time gets you to where you can go to sleep and your brain can reset and refresh. Tools to track your time. So I like to characterize events as one of two kinds. The hard events, now, these are events that are non-negotiables, like paying your taxes on time. I know you can extend your taxes, but th that can only go so far. It's a non-negotiable event. Your child's birth, right? If you're not there, well, sorry, we're not going to redo that one. Being at your daughter's first dance. There's only one of those. Do you miss that? Not negotiable. Probably going to upset the PTA if you try to delay that because you got a big meeting at work. Now, soft events, in contrast, those are more fluid. They have a more flexible, more malleable shape to them. And what I mean by that is, you got a to-do list. You've got to repaint the office. I got a good example here. Something that was on my soft event list, my honeydew, hey, I should fix up the deck, hardened into a hard event because we decided that that was something that could potentially prove fruitful to align the completion of that honeydew list. 
item with the appraisal of the home. This is to show you you can move back and forth from a hard event to a soft event. In order to, to track these events, the hard events need to be marked somewhere. These are not things that you can keep on top of your mind. Actually, to give you a little anecdote, forgive me, Dad, if you're listening. I don't know how you keep track of all the bills that you have going on in your life. I mean, think about all the subscriptions that one has, right? With Apple, Netflix, Amazon, food ordering delivery service. Pick your subscription, okay? Those all have due dates. You got utilities, you got water bills. Those are variable, they range. Sometimes they have different cadences. You might have some bills that are twice a month, some that are once a year. If you don't track these hard, non-negotiable events somewhere that's reliable and that you can use, can be your partner in battle, you are going to be overwhelmed. And my dad does it all in his head, but he has called me in a pinch and he's getting up there in age. So I'm pretty impressed that that doesn't happen more often. Because for me, one day of not having a hard event tool tracker like Google Calendar, which is my tool of choice, I would be a bum out in the street singing a song. I would have no idea where I'm supposed to be next. I'm a kid and I need structure, but it's structure that I provide to myself. I'm being a manager to myself because I've surrendered to the fact that I need to manage my time better. And I cannot just keep everything and everyone's schedule in my head. I cannot do that. So I take the time to invest in my personal calendar. And I also actually have calendars for separate aspects of my life. I divvy up my life into three aspects. My personal calendar, have a nice dinner with your wife, go out to a nice movie, go for a stroll. We've got the W2 full-time work calendar that I currently have. And that is my obligations to maintain the household income. And that's everything from, hey, we've got a all hands meeting on Thursday. I better not miss that because the video conference, I got to present something to, hey, I'm going to actually block out a period that's uninterrupted to bust out a large piece of a milestone or project that I'm working on. And then the third but not least calendar that I've got is my part-time business calendar. I call it part-time business because I've got a full-time work calendar. And I just want to be cognizant that mercy is baked into my part-time business calendar. The key is to keep track. It's a guilt-free experience. When you track your commitments at work with your side gigs and with your personal time, you liberate yourself from feeling guilt because you've actually allocated time to spend on those activities. You are your own manager. So when you have your own performance review with yourself, you can say, this didn't work let's make a change. But if you are haphazardly spending time left and right and not keeping track of where you're spending a lot of your time, you end up watching Netflix and ignoring yourself. The difference between the way you track and the way I track through Google Calendar and having a few different calendars, whether it be personal work or otherwise, I uh, keep track of my work calendar, my work outlook, but everything else falls on a paper desk calendar that I keep, keep it simple. I've always just been a manual type of person. You know, I write in journals. I like the analog version, writing it down on paper and crossing it off, putting a check mark next to something I got done or circling something that I had to move. The key here is there will be different ways of achieving the same aim. Don't be afraid of trying something out. If it doesn't work, there are things you like about it. Keep that moving forward. That's okay too. For me personally, four or five years of slight iterations to my own process. Don't be afraid to try something out and do that self-evaluation in the context of how you're managing your time. It didn't work out. Is that a matter of how I scheduled my time or is it some other motivational issue I have? You told yourself that it was important, but you didn't get it done. There's a reason there. It's up to you to figure out what that is. Do the self-assessment. Keep it simple. You may have misappropriated the value set. And mercy is the key here. You got to cut yourself some slack. 
and to not feel guilty about that tracking. We can get stuck in the pattern of, hey, we're tracking and we're seeing how ugly things are, the ugly truth, and we turn it off. I'll try it later. I, I don't want to do this. I just want to watch my game, watch the show. That's something that I've done. It's something that we all do. Trick here is to go back to your values. Something you can think about at any waking moment your values. Those are the shepherds that help you schedule and stick to something difficult as time management because time management is no easy task. But I'd like for us to show you the digital footprint of how I track today. I have a spouse. I have a family. We've got ambitions. We've got a lot of things going on and it's so easy to lose track. Managing my day job, managing our relationship, finding the time to do everything. It's tough. And now we've got a child on the way. So it's only going to get more complex if we don't get ahead of that by putting systems in place to liberate you. I got overwhelmed just taking a screenshot. I do all that. But there's a lot of time where it's fluid, where I have soft events. And those soft events, I use a separate tool than Google Calendar, Trello, basically a glorified to-do list. Agile methodology. I got shit to do, but I'm not going to get it all done in the exact order I think I'm going to get into it. The actual process of getting shit done will inform the future work that I have to do, allows you to be flexible in how you get things done. Life throws you curveballs. And the waterfall method of, hey, by the end of this quarter, we're going to have this in revenue. We're going to have that. That's all funny business. The reality is that you don't do one, then two, then three, then four. You do one, then you you do four actually, because two is meeting that's going to happen at the end of the quarter. Why well, I, I got to get to three before the end of the quarter. So you do number four. It's a very non-linear trajectory. No reason to panic. That's just how life plays out. The soft event list is fantastic for that. Have a running list of things that you need to have done that are not hard events yet. If I don't get the deck done, that's, that's okay. It's on my list and I'd like to get it done this month, but we've got to refinance the house. All right. Now it became priority one. I didn't get around to fixing the car and that's perfectly all right. As long as it doesn't become a hard event. That car is now broken. I can't drive it. The family can't move. That's priority number one. I got to take a day off from work now because I let that soft event become a hard event. Figure out a way to measure your time spent on the things you value and the things you don't value. Because we spend time on things we don't value, getting back to spending time on things we do value. But you pay your property taxes. Why? Because you want to keep your house. That's something you value is keeping your home. You don't like paying property taxes, but you don't like losing your house more than you do not paying your property taxes. Keeping the ship sailing in the direction that you set, you ultimately have control over what time is spent on what activities in your life. Mm -hmm.